somebody here just say hallelujah hallelujah amen thank you if you can have your seat you are welcome to and if you can't that's fine as well my name is Jay English and I am blessed along with my beautiful wife hey baby pastor Sonia over there we are blessed to serve as the campus pastors at Journey Beach Park and I want to say a special thank you to Pastor Kevin for inviting me to come here to speak to you all, to hang out a bit, to participate in what's going on, to cause a little bit of trouble, to laugh a little bit. We're going to do all type of stuff today. So I want to start by giving some disclaimers. All right? So disclaimer number one. So, uh, camera people, I'm sorry. I move a lot. Um, ADHD is strong in me. <laughs> Being still is not a strength. Never has been. Never will be. So... I'd already know I had to apologize to the first service camera people as well. They were like, uh, you move around a lot. I told you I did. <laughs> Secondly, I come from the side of doing church where we talk back to the folks that's preaching, okay? So I need some folks in here that don't mind opening their mouth and saying, preach, hallelujah, amen. I love that. That's uh, You can talk back to me today, amen? Yeah. Woo, okay, I like this. Making me feel at home a little bit, okay? So we are here to jump into our brand new series called Own It. And this series is about the promises of God. It's about understanding that there are thousands of promises in the Bible. And this week specifically starting off is about owning a promise. What is something that God has promised that you can look at and say, that's for me? So before you leave here today, we have some stands out in the lobby, and they have cards on them with various promises of God. And I want to invite you, when you leave out, make sure you grab one of those cards. Take it home. Put it in your bathroom. Put it right on the mirror where you see it every morning. Put it in your car. Text it to yourself. Put it at your job so that you can remind yourself of the promise that you are owning for this week. And every week... We are going to be addressing a new promise, and you're going to have an opportunity to grab a new card, all right? Awesome. Glad to hear that. Now, I want to give you a little more information about me, who I am. So, again, I actually grew up in the Lake County area. Uh, I actually grew up in North Chicago and Waukegan, and then my wife grew up in Kenosha, and we got married, and she made me move. Um, <laughs> she told me, we're not living there. You're going to Kenosha. So, like a good husband, I said, yes, dear. <laughs> and I moved to Kenosha. We have a daughter who is four years old. Her name is Naomi, and Naomi showed up two weeks early and messed up my Valentine's days for life. She showed up on Valentine's Day morning, 7.06 a.m., came, breached. She decided, I'm going to mess this all the way up. She showed up, but she has been an amazing child, a lot of energy, a lot of passion. I have a lot of energy. She wears me out. That's a problem. <laughs> so y'all pray for my strength, please. But my daughter loves playing the game hide-and-seek. Now, I don't know any of you who have kids and maybe play hide-and-seek, but, like, I love hide-and-seek, and I hate hide-and-seek. Um, I love hide-and-seek because she enjoys it. Like, she thoroughly thinks it's one of the best things in the world. You know, Daddy, we're going to play hide-and-seek. Daddy, you count. I'm like, dang, I don't feel like counting right now. <laughs> um, and then she goes and hides, and then that's where the fun ends. This is why I hate hide-and-seek, because my daughter is not the hide-and-seek champ by any means. Um, if her life depends on us hiding, we might as well just go ahead and die now, okay? I'm going to give you, can y'all help me out? Let's show my daughter in the zombie apocalypse, this is how she would be hiding. <laughs> Look at this. Look at my baby. 
this is my child who, who thinks this is a great hiding spot. Now, in that picture, I'm in the room. She said, Daddy, I want to play hide and seek. I'm like, okay, baby, well, you go hide. Okay, you count. She walked four feet away from me, got behind this thing, and said, Daddy, come find me. I'm like, baby, the game is over. I don't know. We already in the foundry, sweetie. Like, this is not how you play. So I love it, and I hate it, because it takes me longer to count than it does to actually find this child. And then she bogus, because if I don't find her in like all of like 14 seconds, she's that child, hoo-hoo! Hey! Sweetie, I ain't even, I just finished counting. You supposed to at least make it a challenge. She'll laugh or do or throw something out of a room. This is my child. And the game hide and seek, as much as I love and hate playing it, has some very real-world resemblance to something that I believe God wants us to learn today. So I am here to bring you into Hide and Seek 101. You are with your instructor, Pastor Jay English, and I'm going to help all of us become the Hide and Seek champs that I don't know if my daughter will ever be. <laughs> so let's jump into some things that I need you to know because we're going to help you all out today. And to do this, I've got some tips that I'm going to reveal to you, some things that I believe God wants you to know. So let's jump into some scripture because there's a promise specifically that God has made that's going to require you to play this game of hide and seek. And if you play it well, I promise you, due to his promise, it will change your life. Matthew chapter 6 verse 25 tells us, here is the bottom line. Do not worry about your life. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you will drink. Don't worry about how you clothe your body. Living is about more than merely eating, and the body is about more than dressing up. Look at the birds of the sky. They do not store food for winter. They don't plant gardens. They do not sow or reap, and yet they are always fed because your heavenly Father feeds them. And you are even more precious to him than a beautiful bird. If he looks after them, of course he will look after you. He continues and says, worrying does not do any good. Who here can claim to add even an hour to his life by worrying? Nor should you worry about clothing. Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They do not work or weave or sew, and yet their garments are stunning. Even King Solomon, dressed in all his most regal garb, was not as lovely as these lilies. And think about grassy fields. The grasses are here now, but they will be dead by winter, and yet God adorns them so radiantly. How much more would he clothe you, you of little faith, you who have no trust? So do not consume yourselves with questions. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Outsiders make themselves frantic over such questions. They don't realize that your heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you. So do not worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. Amen. So this first promise that we're going to deal with this week is very simple. It says, seek God's kingdom Live righteously, and he'll take care of your needs. I'm going to repeat that one more time over here on this side. Seek God's kingdom, 
live righteously, and he will provide for your needs. This is the promise. Amen. So I'm here today to help you be that hide-and-seek champ, and let's jump into some scriptures and start learning how do we win at this game. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 33, he says he spoke another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leavened. Okay, got you, Jesus. Matthew 13 and 44 says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that is hidden in a field. A crafty man found the treasure buried there and buried it again. <laughs> I like him. He said he buried it again. So no one would know where it was. Thrilled, he went and sold everything he had, and then he came back and bought the field with the hidden treasure as part of the bargain. Here's the first thing that we need to know. We're going to play hide and seek. First and foremost, you've got to know what you're looking for. And the Bible is telling us right here, right now, that the kingdom is hidden. The kingdom is what's hiding. The kingdom has told you to go to that corner and count the ten, and then come find it. And just like the lady with the leaven, and she hid it in the flower, and just like the man with the treasure who hid it in the ground, your job is to locate the kingdom because the kingdom has the power to change your life. Amen. And this is where we, miss, we mess up. Why? Because I have news for you. Your flesh doesn't want to find it. Your flesh said, go find what? The kingdom. Why would I do that? The kingdom has the power to bring about lasting change to your flesh's condition. So your flesh looks at the kingdom and says, no, we'd rather not go find that. And you find yourself in a battle where you're with yourself, where your own body is working against you to win the game. So let's talk about what the kingdom actually is. Well, the kingdom refers to God's rule or his reign. It's about literally seeking out his dominion. It basically means, God, you are in charge. Now, y'all know how we do nowadays? The culture says, YOLO, only live one time. I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. If it feels good, go get it. If I can dream it, I can have it. Got news for you. Every dream you have, you better not go get some of y'all dreaming about some stuff. You better leave that where it's at, in the dream. <laughs> I'm telling you, another way to put this would be that you're seeking out his will. You're seeking out his path for your life. And this is very countercultural. This goes against everything that the culture says you should do. This will cause you to have disagreements with friends. Why? Because you're seeking the kingdom and they trying to get you to do some stuff that you like, but that don't, that don't line up with, I can't do that. You may have some family that's trying to pull you into some stuff and you look at it and say, but I'm searching for the kingdom. So we have to understand that if I'm searching for the kingdom, there are some things I'm going to have to give up. There are some choices I may have to make. There are some places I'm going to look for the kingdom. And can I be honest with y'all? There's some places I know I'm not going to find it. So why are we looking there? I know my daughter is about three and a half feet tall, so you know what I don't do? I don't look in the upper cabinets in my kitchen. My daughter is small. 
It's certain places I don't expect her to be in. I don't pull out drawers and be like, baby, you in there? But some of us are searching for the kingdom at the bottom of bottles and wonder why we can't find it. Some of us is lighting up blunts on Sunday afternoons and wondering why we can't find the kingdom in the smoke. And I got news for you. First hand or second hand, it ain't there. Because there's certain places, I'm just not going to look for the kingdom. Does that make sense? Amen, amen. All right. Y'all with me? I love it. So in Matthew chapter 7, this is why it tells us, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. It continues and tells us, Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now, I have conversations with Jesus on a regular basis, and I ask him all type of crazy stuff. And this was one I don't like, not Jesus. As important as the kingdom is, according to your word, why is it so hard for us to find this thing? Shouldn't it be easier? Shouldn't more people just happen upon the kingdom? And he was like, no. And I said, why? And his answer was tip number two, which is plain and simple. Finding the kingdom takes effort. You're not going to find this on accident. You don't just luck up on the kingdom. You're going to have to put some effort into this. You're going to have to do some work. You know what? I've met some folks. So y'all are okay, look, I'm coming out of the Bible. This is just Jay English at this point in time, all right? I done met some people who will sit and look at me in my face and tell me what God about to do for them. And they be like, you know, I've just been at home waiting on God to send me this new job because I know. He don't want me to go through what I'm going through, so this new job is coming. I'm claiming it. And then I ask him a few questions, and I find out they're not filling out applications. <laughs> they're not on Monster.com or Indeed. They've been out of work for six years, have zero to show for it, not updating a resume, just sitting at home. God going to bless me with this job. Well, bruh. The Bible tells me that your faith is great, but without works it is. Oh, we know that one. It's going to take you to do some work to get that job you swear he's going to bring to your door. I ain't never had the HR professional show up at my house unannounced, knock on the door and be like, would you like this $60,000 a year job? If that has happened to you, please come talk to me. I'd like to meet them, all right? That ain't never happened. I got to do some work. I got to put some effort in. I've got to move some things around. When I'm playing hide and seek and I'm looking for my daughter, I'm moving clothes to the side. I'm looking underneath beds. I'm moving some things around. I got news for you. In the spirit, looking for the kingdom, you better be willing to do some work. You better be willing to move some stuff around. So I'm going to help y'all out because some of y'all are looking like, you know, I, I hear you. I don't know if I fully get it. Yeah, everybody in here got a cell phone, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, this wonderful thing right here that owns my life most days. Have you ever, think about this because this happened to me, woke up, now you set your clock for 6.15 a.m. and you woke up and you looked at your clock and it says 7.34 and you realize you set your clock for 6.15 p.m. And you're supposed to be at work at 
you got a 25-minute drive. I mean, you got 10 minutes to get out this house. You are in the shower, brushing your hair and your teeth at the same time. Because you got to go. You get ready, you run, you grab your jacket, you grab your keys, you grab your wallet, and you're heading out the door, and you're like, where's my cell phone? And you can't find it. One of the worst feelings in the world. Because I got news for you. My cell phone makes my life a whole lot easier than it is without it. That thing helps me to call people. I can communicate with folks all day long. I can send text messages. I can do emails. I can scan documents. That thing tells me what direction I'm supposed to go, how long it's going to take me, if there's an accident 20 minutes from now that I need to go around. If I miss my turn, that beautiful lady on there says, recalculating. <laughs> and as I'm driving the wrong direction, she says, please make a U-turn. She's directing me. For some of y'all that know you struggle with math, that thing saved your life. You be at the, the restaurant trying to pay for your tip and like, what is 10% of $10 again? <laughs> now, y'all know y'all supposed to leave a 20% tip too, just to let y'all know. It'll be $2, all right. <laughs> but your cell phone make your life easier. But I'm here to tell you, when I can't find my cell phone, I will tear up the whole house. I don't care how long me and my wife spent Oh, probably more my wife. Cleaning that house, I will tear that house up. I'm throwing clothes off the bed. I'm throwing stuff out of drawers. I'm grabbing cushions off the couch, flinging them. I don't care. Because what I need to find is more important than this stuff that's in my way. Here's the problem, Christians. We spend more time searching for our cell phone than we do the kingdom of God. Worried about the text messages you may miss, but God's voice is trying to get through to you and you're not even listening for it. So when we're searching for the kingdom, there has to be some effort. I might have to throw this job out of the way so that I can find the kingdom. I may have to get rid of some relationships. Some of y'all with that little raggedy, ugly boyfriend you got, you know you need to get rid of him. God done been told you, been confirmed you that he ain't the one. And here you go, but Lord, but I don't know if I can find, you better let that joker go. <laughs> Seeking for the kingdom is somebody that don't even know Jesus. What's wrong with you? Oh, but I can get him saved. The devil is a liar. <laughs> I got news for you. You can't get nobody saved. You don't have the power or the strength to save not one person, not even yourself. So what makes you think you so bad that you can save him? That was Jay English again. I'm sorry, y'all. Okay. <laughs> I'm just telling you, there are things that we need to realize and we need to understand. So as we're searching for things in our home, and I'll keep using that as an example, something's missing or you're trying to find something, we utilize our five senses. So we all know our five senses. We know touch, taste, smell, hearing, sight. We're utilizing all of them. Sometimes you only need to use one or two. You know, sometimes you have that thing like you just smell something in the house and you're like, I don't know what that is. I can't see it, but I smell it. And, I, and whatever it is, it's got to get out of here. <laughs> and if you're a husband, you don't smell it at all. And you just wonder why your wife walking around aimlessly <laughs> and won't sit down somewhere. <laughs> but you use your senses to find what you're looking for. Well, God has some senses he's given us as well. They're called the five-fold gifts. 
And I don't know if we spend enough time talking about these, but the fivefold gifts, the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And when you're trying to find the kingdom in your life, you need all five. Understand, the apostolic is about establishment. It's about sometimes I need God to establish some things in my life that he wants to do. The prophetic, I need to be able to hear his voice. Because when you have the prophetic in your life, God will tell you what to do. He'll tell you when to do it. He'll tell you who to say it to. And he'll tell you how it's going to work when you do it. We're talking about making your life easy. When you're looking at an evangelist, sometimes I need to be able to hear from God from other people. Some of the dumbest stuff I've ever heard in my life is when folks say, well, if God don't tell me, I'm not going to listen. Okay, <laughs> you in trouble then. Because God uses a whole lot of stuff to talk to a whole lot of people. And if he has to audibly come down from the throne into your bedroom to talk to you in person, you're going to miss it. <laughs> God got pastors and evangelists and all type of stuff telling you the right thing to do according to his word, but you need angelic visitation. <laughs> you got folks that need a pastor. You need a pastor. You need somebody who can tell you no. Who can tell you, don't go that direction who's willing to shepherd you, that means I'm going to keep you in the fold with one end of the staff and I'm going to beat the devil off of you with the other side. <laughs> but we don't want to be pastors. We don't want nobody to tell us nothing. And then lastly, you need teachers, which means you must be teachable. I don't know everything. And sometimes God doesn't reveal things to me. He reveals it to my wife. And if I'm not teachable, she can't teach me what God would like for us to do, and I will miss the kingdom. You need all five of your senses. You need all five of these things for us to really locate where God has hidden this thing. So here's the question I want to get into in Matthew chapter 5. It says, so do not consume yourselves with questions. What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Outsiders make themselves frantic over such questions. They don't realize that your heavenly father knows exactly what you need. Now, I don't know about you, but that's reassuring for me. God knows exactly what I need. He didn't say nothing about me having to say a word. He didn't say anything about me having to be in prayer for 79 hours. It said he already knows exactly what I have need of. And this is the third thing you need to understand. So number one, we've already said the kingdom is hidden. We said number two, it's going to take some work to find it. Here's the third thing, and this is the reason why this is important. As you play the game, your needs will be met. And I don't know if we really believe that. Do we really understand that playing the game actually meets my needs? So this is what I need you all to do for me. I'm going to yell out, play the game, and I want you to yell back at me, meet my needs. One more time, I'm going to yell out, play the game, and you yell back, meet my needs. Count of three. One, two, three. Play the game. Meet my needs. Come on, play the game. Meet my needs. Play the game. Meet my needs. I love it. So we, we're getting ready to play, and this is actually in your best interest. Like, it's in your best interest to play this game. This ain't for me. It's not really for God. It's for you. 
A traditional list of immediate basic needs is going to be food, water, clothing, and shelter. With those four things, you can make it. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care who broke up with you. I don't care if your dog left. It don't matter what you've gone through. If you have those four things, life can get better. But if I remove any of those four, Houston, we have a problem. Because see, if I don't have food, I'll starve to death. If I don't have water, they say you got about three days to find some. If I don't have clothing, I can die of exposure, both from heat or cold. And if I don't have something to shelter me from harm, anybody or any animal anywhere can have access to me. So God knows your needs, and he says if you play the game, he will provide for them as well. See, the kingdom is about giving up of control. And some of us got control issues. Some of us know we can't give nothing over to nobody else because we just don't trust them to do it either like we would or we don't think they'll accomplish it to begin with. Some of us have legit reason. You've been hurt. You've been burned. You had some folks tell you they were going to do certain things. You watched them not do it. So now at this point, when people tell you, I'm going to do that, you're like, no, no, I'm going to do that for myself. And if I can't do it, it just I, won't, I must not need it if I can't do it. But God is saying, I'm not like them. The Bible says, I'm not a man that I would tell you a lie. God is one that you can completely put your trust in. And when he says this promise, he means it. So here's the question. Who do you trust to take better care of you, your family, and your life? Do you trust him? Or do you trust you? If you had to flip a coin and only one of you could be in control of your life from now till forever, do you trust him? Or do you trust you? And I know the super saints would be like, oh no, I trust the living God. Yeah, but your actions don't say that. Your actions don't line up with that. Your mouth, <laughs> I can't say it the way I want to say it. Uh, <laughs> Your mouth will get you into some trouble that the rest of you can't get yourself out of. You can't say you trust God, but then try to control everything yourself. We've heard that phrase, Jesus, take the wheel. No, Jesus, take this whole car. Because you know what? Somebody else can have a wheel, and I can be in the back seat causing problems. Sometimes you have folks riding next to you in the passenger seat, and they doing stuff that's distracting you. No, Jesus, take this whole car. Put me in the trunk. <laughs> Wake me up when we get there. Come on. And this situation for me, I've learned after all the years of doing this and seeking after the kingdom, the answers become very easy. God looks at me and he says, hey, you trust me or you trust you. I've learned to trust him. I've learned that there is nobody that can take care of me the way that he does. There is nobody that can open doors for me the way that he has. There is nothing he can't do for me. Nothing. Understand, I've been seeking for the kingdom a long time, you guys. And when I first really gave my life to Christ and Jesus called me out on something, I'm not going to lie to you. My little knees were shaking and I was like, oh, you want me to do what? Okay, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And I took that one step and I watched him meet my needs. And I was still scared, but it was like, he really did it. 
And I know he did it because nobody else could have. Then the next time, he called me out. And I said, okay, well, only, only my left knee shaking this time. <laughs> and I took that step and I watched him meet my needs. See, I was searching for the kingdom when I found my wife. And when we got married, we didn't have the money that lined up with what our bill said we should have. But I watched God provide for all of our needs. Come on. See, I was searching for the kingdom when in 2012, we walked through that back door of Journey Church together and began serving here in the worship ministry on Saturday nights. And I watched God start preparing and, and taking care of all of our needs. See, it was here at Journey Church that I met this crazy pastor you may have heard of, uh, Jonathan Brown. Anybody heard of uh, P. John? P. John changed the entire trajectory of my life right here. I started serving with him in youth ministry, and God started meeting all of my needs. It was through a relationship birth right here in Journey Church that led my wife and I to move to Milwaukee and serve in inner city ministry, and we watched God do miracles. We watched him do miracles. We watched him provide for needs that, in my mind, this is impossible. And he said, with me, nothing's impossible. Let me show you how bad of a God I am. I watched him meet all of our needs. It was 2020 when the Holy Spirit came to me and my wife and said, I want you to step down from your pastoral positions and depend on me for a length of time I'm not even going to reveal to you. Y'all, I've seen God do a lot of stuff. I've watched him take us through a lot of things. I've watched him reveal himself. I've watched him open up doors that there's no legit reason why he should open them. And when he asked us to step down from our positions in the middle of a pandemic with no check, no benefits, no anything to catch us, I looked at him and said, are you crazy? Wait, are you nuts? Hey, 2020 is not the year to play around. Anything that can go wrong is happening. Jesus, I have a wife. I have a child. I have a mortgage. I have bills I need to pay. I got stuff I need to do. You want me to quit my job? You know, I was slow. I was looking at Jesus like, hey, look, uh, if I quit, I can't even get unemployed. At least make them fire me. <laughs> can I be fired? Like, how you, Jesus, please make them fire me, Lord. Fire me tomorrow, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Unemployment coming. <laughs> and he was like, do you trust me or do you trust you? And I said, Jesus, I'm going to quit this job. <laughs> we walked out of that job in August 1st of last year with no idea what we were doing and watched God provide for our needs for six full months. We watched money come in that shouldn't have came in. I got hired to do stuff that God knows I ain't got no background in to be getting hired for. I got checks that made zero sense for them to show up when they showed up. We didn't miss a meal. We didn't miss a bill payment. We in the middle of COVID city. Milwaukee was hot with COVID. None of us got sick. All of the bills were paid. We even found toilet paper at the grocery store. Yes, God. Watching him meet our needs. Six months, 
no idea what we're doing, just living by faith for real. The evidence of it being we quit and we said, Jesus, this is either going to fail or we're going to win, but either way, it's on you. Six months after we quit, we ended up in a conversation with Pastor Kevin Taylor, and he was talking to us about coming back home to Journey Beach Park to oversee one of the campuses. You have no idea that Pastor Kevin was the first pastor here at this church I talked to about becoming a pastor. Because I had no idea what that was. I had no idea how to do that. I knew I had a calling, but I didn't know what that meant. Eight years later, here come Jesus bringing us back around the same circle. And I'm standing on this stage talking to y'all. When I tell you, seek the kingdom. Play the game. And he will meet your needs. I mean it, not because I heard it, because I live it. There are people that look at us and they be like, you know, y'all are so blessed. How do you do that? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know. All I do know is I play this game every day and I don't play with nothing that gets in the way of me and the kingdom. When God says move, I move. When he says sit down, be quiet, and don't you go nowhere, I shut my mouth and I be still. My job is simple. I'm here to seek the kingdom. I'm going to live righteously according to your word to the best of my ability. The rest of it is not on me. And that's what we miss it. The rest of it's not on me. It's not my responsibility to take care of me. That's freeing. I don't have to be better. I don't have to make more money. I don't have to meet the right person. Because the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. I just got to live righteous. The Bible says the prayers of the righteous availeth much. I just got to live righteous. I got to seek the kingdom, live righteously, and he said the rest of it is on me. And I'm here to tell you there is nobody like God that can take care of your situation. So if you want to see more money coming to your house, play the game. If you need healing in this house today, play the game. If you want to see God reveal himself to you, you got to play the game. If you want to see the impossible become possible, play the game. The kingdom is hidden. It's going to take some work to find it. But if you play this game, it will change your life. I know for a fact there's some people in this room that have been hearing this sermon, and I want you to do something for me. We're going to pray, and we're going to pray the promises of God over you. Something my daughter does that gets on my absolutely last nerve. <laughs> if I say something, oh, she ain't going to never let it go. She's going to remind me of that every 14 seconds. She'll be like, Daddy, can I have some ice cream today? I'm like, yeah, you know, sometime today we can get you some ice cream. Oh, why did I say that? 20 seconds later, Daddy, can I have ice cream? Daddy, can I have ice cream? Daddy, you said we could have some ice cream. Daddy, that's McDonald's. McDonald's has ice cream. Daddy, Daddy, that's a grocery store. We can get ice cream there. Daddy, I saw a cone at the house. Can we put ice cream in it? Daddy, can you make us some ice cream? Daddy, I really like ice cream. Daddy, do you know that ice cream is really tasty? Daddy, don't you like ice cream? Girl, let's go get some ice cream. My goodness. give her the ice cream to make her shut up. <laughs> Sometimes we got to do our daddy like that. And we have to remind him, God, this is what you said. This was your promise. 
this is what you revealed. This was in your scripture. This is what you told us. This is what you showed me. This is what you said you would do if I did that. So God, I'm seeking the kingdom. I need you to carry your end of the bargain. I'm just here as your child reminding you of what you said and I'm not gonna stop talking about it until you reveal yourself in what you told me you were gonna do. So if there's anybody in this room that you know you need God to make a move in your life right now, I need you to stand up on your feet. Just stand up on your feet. I don't care who's looking. I don't care who you came with. I don't care who's around you. This is about playing the game. And when you play hide and seek, you ain't worried about nobody looking at you no way. So stand up on your feet if you know you have some needs that only God can meet. Now, if you are some of these other people I'm about to talk about, maybe you haven't been playing the game well. Maybe you don't play at all. And you know God is calling you to play hide and seek much better than you have in the past. I need you to stand up as well. God wants to do some things. He wants to reveal some things. He has some things he wants to do about your life. He just needs you to play the game first. Now, some promises that we're going to pray. Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Luke eleven nine 9 says, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Okay, God, that's a promise. I got you. 1 John 5, 14 tells us this is the confidence we have in him that anything we ask according to his will, he hears us. Oh, we're getting closer because now I know you got to listen to me then in Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 Jesus himself says that if any two people would agree on anything in this earth and agree on that concerning whatever they ask my father which is in heaven will do it I got news for y'all there's a lot more than two or three of us in this room because Jesus then continues and says where two or three are gathered in my name there I am in the midst I'm telling you Jesus is here I'm telling you right now, the Holy Spirit wants to heal. I'm telling you right now that he wants to do something miraculous in your life. He wants to change your financial situation. He wants to open some incredible doors. He wants to reveal to you that he is a healer, that he is a keeper, that he's loved you this entire time. So we're going to, together, we're going to pray. So here's what I need you to do. All you have to do is just point at somebody anywhere in this room. We're going to pray for each other. You don't have to touch them or if you want to, and they'll let you, that's fine too. But I want you to just reach your hand out towards somebody else that's standing up right now. And I want you to pray along with me God's provision and his protection over them. We're going to pray his promises. We're going to pray that God does exactly what he said he's going to do. And I believe that healing is going to happen right now. I believe that doors of financial, uh, uh, everything are going to open right now. I believe that lives are going to be changed, that restoration is going to happen right now. Let's begin to pray. If you pray in tongues, go ahead and pray. Open your mouth. Give God the glory he's doing. Begin praying. Dear Lord, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your incredible sacrifice that you made for us. I thank you for your love, God, that you continue to pour out on us daily. Jesus, we're here to remind you of your promises. You said that you would watch over us if we just sought the kingdom. So, God, we're here seeking for you. We're looking for your rule. We're looking for your reign. And we need you to supply for our needs. 
You know every need in this building. So God, under the sound of my voice, I pray that your spirit right now begins to move through here, God. We proclaim healing in this room right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that tumors start to shrink right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that cancer starts going away. I pray that high blood pressure begins coming down. God, I pray for financial blessings to begin to open in this room. I pray for those that are hurt, those that are dealing with mental health, those that are needing emotional support, that God, right now, you begin providing that. I pray for those that are in pain, that pain begins to leave. You are not welcome here. God, any spirit that does not represent you, we bind it in the name of Jesus and we cast you out. You are not welcome here any longer. Lord, we believe your promises. We believe your word and we give you the best of us. God, convict us to play the game and to find your kingdom. And Lord, we hold you accountable for the rest after that. I pray these things in your matchless name of Jesus Christ. Let everybody say amen, amen, amen. I'm going to have the worship team come back. We're going to worship just a little more. But before I go, we're going to repeat this one last time. I'm going to say play the game. And you say, meet my needs. Play the game. Meet my needs. Play the game. Meet my needs. Play the game. Meet my needs. Come on, let's give God some praise because he's worthy.